The imagery of cobblestone streets, craggy London buildings, and nutmeg-filled Yorkshire puddings. Hello, I'm a British person. It's time to grind through the end of the week. That's right. It's the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett, joined as always by Kyle, and that is what I can only assume was the most accurate representation of what it's like to play through Final Fantasy 16 with English language. Kyle's completely muted, but he's laughing. I am laughing. Excuse me. They were joyous laughters. They will never be captured again. Uh, I never laughed the same twice, and uh, I'm sorry you all missed it. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. The British, the British can curse. You know, get on them. They sound oh, good cursing. So it, every time someone says the F word in Final Fantasy 16, I laugh just because the way yeah. they inflect it. There's so much cockney going on. The way you're really getting the the oh of the F word. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah. it really yeah, bottoms out. It. It's a it's a concave F bomb mm-hmm. uh, in a mm-hmm. lot of uh, various British accents. It just works. It's wondrous. It's one. I always wonder, like folks who are uh, uh, not American who listen, you know, to uh, primarily American media, is what about the what, what about American accents? Do do folks get into? And I realize we have different dialects too in different regions, but sure, like, I you say know, when fur you, a lot. Fur, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. I say fur. I'm from Virginia, you know, originally, so I picked up a fur when I was very young. Mm, when fur. I went and saw the My Chemical Romance reunion tour late last year. They pointed out the difference between they the way they say Florida and the way we say Florida because they're from Jersey. Uh, so what's the difference? You just said Florida uh, twice. Uh, uh, Northeasterners say Florida. Oh, Florida, yeah, Florida. Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was it was a bit of a gag in the middle of their set, and it was quite funny. I like uh, I watch quite a bit of Monster Truck content with the three year old, so we hear fur for fire a lot. Ooh, Here comes okay. Gravedigger Fur. Okay, okay. Yeah. All Team right. Ice and Fur. Mm. It's good. Mm. It's good. Gets I'm you jazzed. It. I'm into it. Gets you jazzed. Uh, yeah, it gets you excited. You've been hanging out with me too much if you're starting to use the word jazzed. Am ironically. I? Uh, yeah, probably, actually. Yes. I use yeah, jazzed I a lot, sir. I was realizing that the other day. In fact, uh, we'll probably get more into it next week because that'll be the official, official no, not a anniversary. Is it an anniversary? We're coming up on one know. year of the changeover to grinding gear. Yeah, one yeah, year. My head's been since we've been places since we took into the Nexus out back and put a cap in its ass. <laughs> no, it. I mean, honestly, if you were falling into the Nexus for the previous half year, it transformed. I remember I spent maybe forty five minutes at the top of show going off on Morrowind once. Like we, you know, content was light for was, uh, yeah. of the storm. Yes. <laughs> so I wouldn't say, you know, it, it, it lovingly got old and uh, was put out to pasture. Still it was a, a fine good horse. game. Still, Still a good great game. game. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, weird BlizzCon poster they just put up too. Uh, it a, is a weird, that's... having your mobile game character front row center just doesn't yeah. instill a lot of it. hype in me for your conference that is uh, the most expensive it's ever been. <laughs> Yeah, pretty crazy stuff there, huh? It's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I would like to go. I'd like to see my friends, uh, but 
uh, at that price and at the level we cover BlitzCon, I don't think I would go without uh, <laughs> no, media access. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to get a lot of coverage out of attending that particular event. I anymore. mean, I think we could have we could make some really cool uh, media. Uh, media. <sighs> oh my God. We can make some really cool stuff, I think, if we went to BlizzCon. I would love to, uh, but that's a lot of money plus travel. So uh, if we don't get cleared for media passes, I don't think you will see us at BlizzCon this year. No, no, that's likely not going to happen. I'd still be very curious to see the rest of the Dragon Flight expansion and like completed story. But who, man, if I've got enough games to play right now. I'm really enjoying D4, but extremely slowly and not the way that they want me to, which is, you know, being all excited about seasonal content and restarting my character and stuff like that. Uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. I've just never been yeah. that type of Diablo player. Um, uh, so I, if I did go, I'd be very excited to to see the Diablo stuff. But uh, beyond that, Blizzard Esports doesn't really doesn't really capture me the way they used to, uh, mostly because they've put out the pasture the esports I'd like. Yes, yeah, the, the Overwatches and the, Hearthstone's still the good. cards. And- but I, would, I, they, I, want, I still wow. want more Battlegrounds esports out of out of hearthstone mm. they've always they just, they just barely they give me just enough to go oh damn i love this and and no more which maybe that's an intentional strategy i don't know but i really like competitive battlegrounds and i would like more of it it's a, it, that game's back in a decent place i've been playing a lot of magic the gathering arena again because they just put out their lord of the rings set which is really fun uh, i really enjoyed their D tie-in set I think there is kind of like a A team B team going on at Magic the Gathering, like a, a Phyrexian kind of stuff was like really good looking. Like the card art was really awesome, very crisp, and a lot of their Innistrad stuff is beautiful. Like I, I own an art book of Innistrad stuff. I just love the sort of werewolf vampire thing they do. It, it, in Innistrad that is like that's pretty popularly considered like a goaded setting, yeah. right? Like yeah. It's it's a old jolly old London, but vampires, but werewolves, but like you can have like the the, the plains, the white can have vampires and they just have a lot of flavor across all the various dominions, factions. And it's not overly guildy, which is my least favorite form of Magic the Gathering. But the Lord of the Rings set is like, it's OK to be wrong. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, well, and you got involved during that time, so you like the gold. The, cards, the first set, the, I was, yeah. I was ready. I was like in and understood the game and ready to go to a pre-release for was Gate Crash. So, like, I, yeah. I couldn't be more manipulated into loving guilds. Right, and I, I totally get that. Like, judgment to me was when I really got into the game, and you know, my friends didn't run. We were in like what, eighth grade or something like that. We didn't understand removal. So I got away with just pure green trample bull. Mm. And of course, now that I'm older, it's like, hey, nice 13, 13. You spent 10 on dead. <laughs> You're like, well, what? <laughs> what? I had, to know, like, I had to like bring out the elves to make it cheaper so I could get it on turn three. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a three cost destroy target creature. So uh, grats on your hand being spent for all the mana you had to dig for. But the Lord of the Rings says it's pretty removal heavy. So it's great for drafting. Like if there's ever time you wanted to like kind of get into drafting again, I think the Lord of the Rings set is very, very good. But the art is kind of uh, low, like mid tier for me. I, I was just best. I was just thinking the other day how much money I have to spend on other things because I'm not currently playing a card game. Um, and it's all arena for me. It's all arena. I'm getting out scot-free. I'm not spending a dime. Anyone I'm not that like type a, of person, though. It doesn't it yeah. doesn't matter how you play it. If you inf- if you bring it up and I start getting excited, I will then. 
You will spend no money. Spend money. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, to me, it's, it's like, are we playing card games or are we playing card games? Like playing card games equals spending money. That's, that's how my brain functions. I really want a tabletop digital, digital tabletop version of the Warhammer 10th edition rules, because there's no substitute for the absolute time capsule you enter in an online experience. Because my decks, my personal decks, like I'm sure the, even the ones like right behind me that I'm really proud of, they probably suck because I don't get the sheer gauntlet of trials submitted against them. I, I, I'm even like interested, like, could I like buy a deck shuffler like, you, you know, like grandma had for her, not canasta, what's the, um, cribbage for cribbage, you know, where you have the two and you like shoot them together, right? I don't, I don't know what that game is, but sure, continue. Cribbage, it's like got the. I don't need to know. The most ins- it's got the most <laughs> insane names in the world. You got to play it sometime. Uh, but you know, would would shuffling help? Like, would that cut down on the time of Kristen and I like having to set up the game? Because we get through like one game and then it's time to like call it a night. By the time it's all done, and with the shuffling and the laying out and all that, like the it, computers just remove so much. And I would love a digital digital game of this tenth edition rule set they just put out for for there it is, uh, Warhammer. And I've got like people saying, hey, like, I don't really care about the Tyranids. Can I send you my Tyranids? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to have like, I'm going to have like 20 sets of Tyranids by the time this is done. I'm declaring myself Tyranid. A bunch of Everyone's like, I was just getting it for the Chaos Marines or whatever, man. I, you want my Tyranids? Hell yeah, send them my way. I'll take all your Tyranids. <laughs> for just the price of postage, you can give a good home to a Tyranid in need. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, I was just yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that. And if you would like to support those beautiful oh, well notes, done. you can check out supportourbromance.com that will take you directly to our Patreon, uh, where you can support Kyle and myself. We split it 50-50. Uh in case you're wondering how we run the business side of things. <laughs> And you'll get yourself an ad-free version of the podcast where you won't hear this as well as other perks like our bonus content, podcast episodes, videos. We're coming up on one year of the Grinding Gear podcast and just the overall switch over to Grinding Gear. We have an AMA that we are planning for and uh, that will be going out very, very, very soon. So you'll see it over on the Patreon. So if you want to uh, get get access to that, also send some questions our way. We're asking for questions in our members-only channel and directly on our Patreon. So check it out, supportourbromance.com. Get access to everything. I just rambled off. Thank you for the support, everybody. Oh, and we have new merch. Check out our store, buyourbromance.com. We've got the I sure as shit am not playing Final Fantasy shirt and the Don't Play Endwalker You Will Get Spoiled shirt just added as well as some new mugs, stickers, the gamut is there. Check it out. Buy ourbromance.com. But let's uh, talk about who bought Final Fantasy 16. That's a bad segue. I'm just going to roll with it. Good, 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 <laughs> good. Oh, great news, everyone. Shove it. In the news this week, Final Fantasy 16 sold 3 million copies during launch week, uh, which is bad news, I guess. <laughs> Is it good news? Bad news? It's, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. It, it's less than the last mainline Final Fantasy 16, but the last mainline Final Fantasy 16 was not 16. a PS5 exclusive. Oh, you just said Final Fantasy 16. You mean Final Fantasy, right? The, uh, the I, said, I, I thought I said the last mainline Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. You said 16 in there. Sorry. Whatever. 15, no, 15 sold okay, more, 15. but 15 was also on the oh. Xbox simultaneously released on the PlayStation. Oh. Okay. Huh. 
I, I, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm digesting this. I'm, I struggle. This is, a, this is a new world for me, Garrett. You know, we've been one year doing more general content creation. You know, not so much, you know, one particular game. We have a game. reputation for Final Fantasy now. We uh, do. But I don't consider us uh, Final Fantasy only creators because we get up to other shit. Uh, although right now I'm not helping my uh, case by uh, the other thing we're streaming being Final uh, Fantasy 16. But it, it it's phase based, right? Like every game has a life. And when we started out StarCast back in the day, we grabbed onto the ship will sail for a thousand years. It'll never sink. And it was, it was beautiful and it would go forever. Like, uh, but it, but it wasn't and it didn't. No, no. So we've kind of entered more of like a, I think we kind of like main phase. We're not like, you know, it's like a main channel, but it's like a main phase that we go through with a game. And some phases last longer than other, uh, just yeah. uh, like the rest of life. But I'm, I coming from that particular one game only sort of content creation. And certainly with my upbringing being a super nerd D and D kind of style, I struggle to wonder why people care so much but so what I've constructed, and you can tell me if this is correct, people care about copies sold in the first week because they want it to do well so they can get more games like this, right? That that's kind of the that's the positive energy. I, I, I mean, I think we're all just interested in popularity and we love comparing things and numbers are comparable. Like the same reason you look at the box office. Uh also if you are tribalistic. You love it as a as a, a a point in your arguments, you know. Like you say, take let's let's for example, Kyle. Let's get out of okay. video games. Let's go to movies. Marvel and DC people they love fighting, which I find amusing. There's things about both I like, and there's things about both I think are dumb. Uh, but those people exist, and so you know you might you might look at the box office and be like, look. The Marvel's going down if you're a DC person and you got a little ammunition for your buddy that you work with that likes Marvel and you like fighting with him. Okay. Okay. I, I guess I've just been digesting my nerddom in isolation for so long that the idea of caring about, I also graduated in, you know, 2009. So it's a really weird thing to be like, go corporation. You did sell, sell, sell. I'm like, well, if the game was great, it's great for you. Like, enjoy it. It's just go enjoy the video game. It's, it's, yours now just, you bought it just just play the game just play just play, play, play the game if you like it don't play the game if you don't like yeah. it yeah so so this is so this is bad so three million copies is bad but there's all these caveats on top you say of it billion? Like, it's million million no i think i said million anyway oh, okay uh, it's it, it's it depends it's getting spun it's 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 good it was it's quite good in japan i think they did one of like the fastest selling things which i i hate it when they say fastest selling. i'm like i don't care how fast your thing sold i want to know how much it sold um, but, uh, considering it's PS5 exclusive, uh, I think it's doing quite well. Well, in in the early week, it was like super doom and gloom on this front because it was like, oh man, look at the game stops. Look at the best buys. Like nobody's buying this game. However, how much money do you save by getting a PS5 without a disc drive in it? Like hundred bucks? hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the warped conversation having there was really false. Because I bet you the majority of us have discless PS3 5. Yes, the majority of us do. I don't because I'm bad with my money. Well, I don't think you're... I mean, yes, maybe. I'm not judging you on that. You are. You just <laughs> were talking in the pre-show about how you're the type to like, you know, put in a record. Like, you're kind of a record type person in my mind. Uh, and you record. want the... Uh, not, oh, not that you... When I said records. album in the pre-show, we were talking about 
things things we used to do in high school and I, I said I used to veg out by if I got a new album I was very excited about it. I would actually just lay on my bed stare at the fan and listen to the new album I didn't mean a physical vinyl I didn't have my first no. vinyl record until I was in my late 20s this was but a, a still, CD I was talking about but, yeah. but you're you're a, you're a themer you're um uh, you're a Disney person you enjoy the immersion you want to turn down the lights you know Get the butt, you know, have your I, app to lower I, the things and the, the music I, on, nothing else. I like, I like, yes, I like getting into things. I am very much, I'm, I'm a gear driven individual. Uh, I love gear. I love having my gear. I think it's why I'm into now. cocktails. I think it's why I got into cars. Uh, 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 you know, I look, dude, I just, I just, my, my lawnmower recently died. I spent a day reading up about lawnmowers. Now that's just basic adulting you know often adult yes but now i'm really into it like i get excited to go use my shiny new lawnmower because for my whole life i've just bought them used off of someone i found on the side of the road Mm. um and usually they would last a good seven years (laughs) but this time i was like i'm finally gonna get something new with a warranty i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get something new with a warranty so and it doesn't matter i'm that type of person i think it's why i'm into the hobbies that i am into i also think let's get really analytical here kyle let's get really personal therapeutic I think because I spend so much of my time interfacing with a computer, I like almost everything else I do in life to be hands-on and tactile. Sure. Yeah, I have a pretty good thing going right now. Uh, I got uh, I got all my retrowave lights. I got my computer lights. I got my uh, what's it like? It's called like Groovy or something. Groovy? I don't know. You know the, the generic version of all these app lights. Govi. We use Govi at home. Yeah, I can like fully transform my Not room's sponsored. lighting in the evening. And it really helps me go from like work mm, to like, this is my time. This is my time. But I still got to get away from the computer, too. Uh, dude, we're we're totally lab rats. We're just giant evolved lab rats. We like oh, yeah. patterns. We like tricking our brains just yep. as much as anything else. Yep. I think of that Independence Day quote often. They don't let us out much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but now I'm going to. Okay, Uh, so the sales are, as far as I can put together, you know, console wars aside, these sales seem really good for a PS5 exclusive Mm -hmm. while also having digital sales lag behind the physical sales when physical sales seem to be what the majority of these networks kind of follow initially. It's been a long time since I've gotten into it, but my understanding for years is that there's no trusted source for digital sales, but there is one for physical, which is why there's always these, this like assumption. I think the thing recently is that like, as of right now, Tunes of the Kingdom is the second best selling game of the year, but that's just taking into attack uh, account physical. So like it has to be the best selling game of the year. If you like even just assume digital, like is kind of like, that's a conversation I've seen going around, which to me makes a lot of sense because I do believe it's within spitting distance of first place, just based on physical. Interesting. Well, and then you've got, you know, not the grandma's copy, you know, go into the store, buying it for, for the kiddo kind of thing. So there's probably more sales physical than for Nintendo than there are for other products. Cause I bought everything maybe, digital maybe, on my, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. There's a lot of people like I, I wasn't, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. I wasn't expecting to have it, but like the disc versus the disc list, like, cause like part of me, like usually it, I'm at a point in my life where if I'm going to buy a thing, I usually want like the best version of it. Um, I, I used to be very much the opposite, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm privileged enough that I can spend the extra money now. So, well, and I'm not I, calling you out on your privilege, but you no, no, no. I'm like, you're, you're a little, you know, I'm framing you're, you're it. cemented, you're <laughs> cemented. And like me, anytime yeah. I see a box, I'm but, like, 
I'm going to have to move with you. <laughs> but So I'm going to get into it, though, because I also um, I 100 I'm absolutely the type of person that rationalizes things to myself. And I will say and I truly believe this, that uh, I will make up the one hundred dollars of my PS5 based on the fact that physical discs go on sale way more often than digital versions of games. OK, yeah, that's true. That is true. And I, and, do, also- and, I and I don't like Sony's Game Pass competitor and think it you know, pales in comparison. So I don't pay for it. So uh, oh, well, that I, buy also, of, I buy a lot yeah. of my Sony games. They also have a presentation issue in my mind, at least for the initial investment. Cause it's very much like you'll get this percent off of this buy. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. I want all your free games. Where's your game pass equivalent. And Xbox has that too, but it's not their foot forward for having the service. It's not their main feature. No, no, I, I think, yeah, I mean, no one can really compete with like the sheer numbers game of the offerings of, of Game Pass. It's kind of in a league of its own right now. Um, but I mean, it's also like you, you still you still trip over exclusives like immediately. It's like, yeah, that's fine. But if you want to play Sony exclusives, you want to play Nintendo exclusives. It doesn't matter because Game Pass is never going to have them. Nintendo also has a hard uh, drive space issue that I'm running into where I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I had bought physical. You're, because you're then it's describing uh, an issue I have with all three of my current consoles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to get a expansion something or other for my PlayStation so, or my yeah. Switch so I can continue to play Luigi's Mansion alongside other games. It's just too big. And they're not that big. They're not like ridiculously huge. Tears of the Kingdom has reused that one damn cutscene at least five times. You know, they ought to be cutting some corners on size there. <laughs> I think it's boring me out, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't played it. I'm just, I'm just not, it's not for me. It's I, not for me. I love it. I am having such a great time. I suck at it. I made it to, I don't know, maybe the last boss. I'm not sure, but I got to go like level up. I'm, I'm just not that good at it. So I, you know, I got to go upgrade my armor. I got to go craft some better weapons before I try this again. And I'm enjoying that process. But at the end of every temple, seeing the exact same cutscene and this weird zoom in on that like cell shaded dog man, it's just it's like the most unfathomable view of this particular character. And they really love this shot. And they also use it all over the websites, like every website that's like Tears of the Kingdom. They love the shot of the bigger dog man. And it's just hideous in my eyes. <laughs> literally, I've literally started putting it down. Like I will hit this cutscene and I'm like, OK, you run. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk you can I'm gonna walk away during this. Great game. Great game. <laughs> so Tears of the Kingdom had 10 million sales in its first week. For some comparison, I was able to dig up a lot of old uh stats for games, particularly like 2009 had a bunch of stats. Yeah, but- that, that, again, it's like the comparisons are so they're so wild. I I, I like talking about it because I like talking about the caveats, but you but I, like, I don't know, maybe it could be seen as like you're trying to frame it, but like the switch has been out forever and way predates any sort of supply chain issue at all has always been cheaper than a PS five. So the PS five has been on the market longer. It costs more than twice what a switch costs. Well, mm. maybe not with discless is 400, right? So that's more or less twice the price of a switch. Anyway, PS five has been out longer, way more expensive, up until very recently, it's been extremely difficult to get a hold of one. So there's all those factors as well. In a physical space, right? If you shop online, you can find one pretty easily, but it's still now you that. can. That was yeah. not true up until like this year. 
it was Christmas when I got mine, and, and we scouted. I mean, you're you're a pro scouter, so maybe I maybe helped just you. Down. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you, you were like, you. "Let's see." It wasn't like I could walk minutes. into Target, buy one, and ship it to you. It wasn't that. That's easy. the thing, right? And that's that's kind of that barrier entry I'm talking about. Where, but it is it is know. that easy for the Switch, and it has been that easy for the Switch basically since Animal Cro- Animal Crossing during the pandemic was the last time it was hard to find a Switch. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I was able to find Elder Scrolls Skyrim was 10 million in the first month. Diablo 4 has still the most bogus, awful stats I've seen. <laughs> it's like, we've sold six, six, six million, you guys. I'm like, okay, thanks. I just say the number. <laughs> say the number already. It's the most games we ever sold on a Tuesday to a guy named Jason. Yep, we did it, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's so, very strange. So over the course of about a year, most of your top games are going to hit about 10 million. So this sounds pretty darn good for a console exclusive with digital sales left in the ether. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was cute. That was Some cute. crystal clarity on your wordplay there. Ah, oh, nice, nice. And of course, uh, Japan's leading the way as one of the like fastest bought games there. Apparently, the UK is not buying the game for some reason, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Judging how are they I offended mean, by the? You know, I don't know that. That's a good. But question. They, 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 it's a it's a British cast. It's not people doing bad British accents. It's 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 actual. It's an actual British cast. Uh, maybe they're sick of it, you know. And it could also be like we don't know from the outside as much about the regional dialects and they might just be like this makes no freaking sense how does this guy have this accent and is here well, then with they would thing? never watch a star wars movie because the the, but that's the british accents are all over the place and if you watch a new hope god help you with leia because her accent changes every scene uh yeah but yeah well that's yeah that's a weird also an artifact of its time you know with nazi helmets and all that too like it's taking a lot of imagery uh the straight up cockpit battles pulled from world war ii uh, cinematics, cinematics, movies, and whatnot. It's not a bad thing. Everyone gets influenced by something. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do wonder if there's some sort of like buried entry there where people are like, hey, I'm, I'm sick. Of, <laughs> oh, Game of Thrones base. Great. I'm sick of British things. Uh, where's the next cake show? I mean, if you want to get into it, yeah, like maybe maybe Game of Thrones is a bit of a... Game of Thrones is definitely a, a four-letter word to some people at this point. I mean... It, it, I thought it was interesting the focus being put on that ahead of the game's release because I would have been like I would have kept that under under wraps as much as possible like don't even invoke Game of Thrones. I think it was smart. Although I you need to- again, I'm thinking about those ratings for the freaking uh, House of the Dragon, which were uh, great and and better than I think any opening week for any of the Game of Thrones seasons. So. Well, and you got to let people know what they're buying. You don't want to. You don't want people to feel tricked. And I think that while there was a lot of hate for things like Tears of the Kingdom, it still showed what it was going to be. You know, it was going to be crafting. It was going to be nostalgia, building a boat because you're sad. You have to go to work in the morning or whatever, <laughs> that particular ad like. And that ad sold me like I was into the, that ad. It was speaking directly to me. You know, wife's going to bed and I'm going to be up for a little bit. What am I going to do with my time? It's it's worth the it's worth that danger to let people know what they're purchasing. I still think, you know, like uh, Yoshi P did the right thing, sitting on stage, holding up the controller and hitting the, what was it, like square button 20 times in a row to show off how the game could be easy if you wanted it to be. People will take that out of context, but you're not talking to those people. 
I'd love it at a, at a future date, because uh, I don't want to get bogged down here, but I would love to have a conversation about how uh, uh, difficulty uh, as, as an accessibility concern has really evolved uh, since Elden Ring. Because it was such a popular talking point uh, for other FromSoft games, and then Elden Ring came out, and everyone's like, oh, you can make it easier on yourself by grinding or doing, yeah. you know, like if you want to call it grinding or like getting more gear and that kind of a thing, which was something you couldn't really do in other FromSoft games. But it was there if that's how you wanted to go about it. Um, also, just your play style, like speaking generally, fighting with magic a lot easier than getting in there with a sword and, you know, trying to fight. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at 16 as, as a similar, were I to draft up a video essay for YouTube, I would start at Elden Ring and I would end on Final Fantasy 16 right now to illustrate my point as a trend in getting a little for getting a little bit away from easy, medium, hard, even though there is a difficulty question at the beginning of Final Fantasy 16. But there's still there's a lot more granularity in how difficult the game is to play uh, based on the items you equip. I don't mind an older style game that's like back to the kiddie pool. You suck. Your build sucks. You're halfway through the game. You put the points in the wrong thing. Restart. I don't either, but I, I, I just find this trend interesting. It is. It is very interesting. And like uh, Dark Souls 2 had a thing where if you farmed an area too much, the enemies would stop spawning and would be dead forever. So there was a finite amount of XP in the game. That's kind of cool, that regard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I, I like I really like what Final Fantasy 16 did with their ring system, with their ease of combat should you choose while still suffering the slots being taken up by those so you feel like if you're not using those easy things you're getting an advantage the new game plus actually being like different tactical battles and laid out differently to number of enemies types of enemies in that area i want more crafted experiences and i think that most select your difficulty games are not well made most are scaled in some way and it's not not particularly fun that's kind of my point is i i like this trend that i'm what i'm calling a trend that i've seen since southern ring because i i think you're gamifying difficulty a lot more than just a binary yeah. choice uh, which i really yeah, like but content through difficulty in that way right yeah yeah and yeah. i think tears of the kingdom did it really well too if you're great go to the go to the castle <laughs> like it's right there if you want to go kick the game's butt go for it you know i mean it might be a might be a a blow to speedrunners and like the enjoyment of well shit now when game. i make this video essay i'm gonna have to bring it all the way back to breath of the wild because yeah i think that may, may actually have been where it well, started in modern games i mean it's it's worth bringing up too because i'm sitting here you know started this conversation being like i don't understand why we would care so much about sales you know what the hell is going on what's again they're not going to make any more if it doesn't sell well here i am running a youtube channel being like oh that video didn't do well i'm never making that again like so obviously there's going to be a huge impact not just on like business suits i don't like video games but i'm gambling legally making media yep kind of evil empire sort of stuff yeah and the actual like content creators that are like or content creators the actual developers that are like well crud i worked really hard on that and it didn't do well i guess i won't make another i got bad news if anyone enjoyed our fan casting video oh <laughs> man it was fun i had fun i had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun ah oh, it's good it's good uh kyle tell me why we're pitting Baldur's gate against starfield 
So Baldur's Gate was planned to launch on August 31st, a day before Starfield's release on September 1st. So Starfield has finally entered the ring and put out their announcement date. Uh, the uh, people over at Larian Studios went, oh. <laughs> so they're going to release the PC version on August 3rd to give a month head start above Starfield. The PlayStation 5 version will, uh, I guess it got additionally delayed to December or September 6th. Uh, and the Xbox version is still without a release window. So clearly there is some favoring of the PC version here. Maybe it's harder to put it on the consoles. It has been in development a very long time. Uh, well before a lot of our like console PC port issues started up. So I bet they're dealing with something in the background there. Man, about grow a pair of heels like Barbie and don't get out of the way of Oppenheimer. Grow a pair of heels. I, I was trying to make do some wordplay there, Kyle, because oh, it made me think there's, of tightness. Heels, there's like. another idiom uh, commonly used by some. Oh, sure, you're talking. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah, everyone's like, "Oh my God, what is Barbie doing?" Maybe they should be saying, "Oh my God, what is Oppenheimer doing?" Maybe, oh, maybe. Oppenheimer's the one with uh, Killian Murphy. I like Killian Murphy, right? I think it's Cillian Murphy, but yeah. No, I, I looked it up. I did look it up. Is it Killian uh, Murphy? Did, yeah, 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 saying yeah. It wrong well, all this time? According to a guy who went how to pronounce on YouTube and did one of those, he huh. said Killian. Yeah, I was, I was figured he yeah, had C. It's a soft I mean, I like, C because it's at the beginning. Of, I guess you say Catherine. So why wouldn't you say Killian? Even though Catherine with a C trips me up because I mean I like your version. It makes me think of pizza. My, my wife Katie spells her name with a K, not a C. So. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kristen is uh, notoriously misspelled because there's so many Kristens. Don't do Horizon's mistake. What and release uh, both your games uh, against Zelda? <laughs> oh, it, <I'm, laughs> two times in a row. A, that's such a weird. Oh no, no, no! They didn't go too. up against Tears of the Kingdom. What, I think it was Breath of the Wild the first time. What did they go up against the second time? Elden Ring. I think it was Elden Ring the second time. Oh no! It was that other game that complained that Breath of the Wild uh, Anthem. It was Anthem, right? Anthem was like, well, Breath of the Wild really took our crafting launch. No, well, like, no, no. Well, that's a, that's a funny, yeah. Okay, it's also weird for Breath of the Wild because that's on the Switch, which freaking Horizon wasn't even on. But I do think there there's something there. I think there's a very good chance that if you have if you own more than one console, one of them is a Switch, right? So I think there's a good, decent chance that had an impact on Horizon. But Anthem saying that Breath of the like no, your game just sucked, bro. <laughs> it was just a really bad game. <laughs> Yeah, I've been thinking about Anthem a lot, um, you know, uh, since I've been playing a video game where you load inside of something and have a really good time rather than oof, the hub world, everything about it. I've been thinking about it a lot, too, but I think it's because for some reason, Destiny has been on my mind a lot lately, which I just think you don't as, say as the successful version of Anthem. Um, and as I've, I've always liked destiny, I played a lot of the first two, but all like almost entirely as a single player game. And I'm just I'm getting the itch to play destiny again. And this is just me once again saying, Kyle, Hey buddy, let me know when I finally wear you down. I still have like no points in shooters. I don't and- care. I don't care. You, you, you will get there. You will get there. You will get there. Yeah. Okay. I'm this young. isn't, this isn't apex. You're not, you're going to be constantly hunted by other humans that are playing the game. We'll see. We'll see. Dance, dance card's full. But, you know, I, I mean, I know why it's in your head. It's because the environments. Sir, sort of I am your hate. dance card. I will let you know when it's full. Damn. <laughs> uh, all the, the environments of the ancient tech in Final Fantasy 16 is, is hitting your, you know, your 
origins or forsaken or whatever oh, yes, they call it. That's one hundred percent it. Yes. Yeah. It definitely reminds me of the Taken King uh big time, which I I love. I love, love, love that sort of aesthetic. What? Uh, pardon me. They're moving a washer up the stairs, which are attached to my uh, studio here. So I barely heard anything. Okay, cool. Then we then we may continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just heard an F bomb drop as they're trying to go up the stairs. Oh, so, well, you know, if it made it in, it made it in. Hey, hey, the washer, a new washer, feels great. It beeps at me, sings little songs. I love this current age of technology we're in with home appliances, where everything has a little ditty at place. Mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, so so Baldur's Gate. Going to be coming out early for PC, which is awesome. I don't think they're necessarily in competition, but yeah, because one's definitely a co-op game to me, and I will play it with friends. And then one is a self-exploration space thing. Apparently, only 10% of the planets have life on them, but that's how planets are, if not lower, at least according to what we know. So I'm okay with that. I'm I'm fine. I don't want No Man's Sky. I, I I have that already. If I want to go play it, I'm fine oh, did with you they, buy it. Oh. Huh? I bought I bought No Man's Sky day one. Um, I was very excited for it. It ended up being okay. I know it got mm-hmm. a lot better. I don't have time for a game like that in my life right now. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I I would like something that is No Man's Sky adjacent with a more more curated planet experience and um, a deeper ship. Uh, systems, which it really looks like Starfield is. Yeah, not exactly a one-to-one by any means, but hey, you know, they're making some time around it, and if you're trying to schedule your friends, I'm sure it's easier to take their time when they're not interested in Starfield, so good on them for making the change. Yeah. Yeah. We still need it. We still need to figure out if there's any hope for finding time for Baldur's Gate on stream. Uh, well, what? So, uh, August? We could easily be done with Final Fantasy 16 by August. We better be. Yeah. Or at least early into August. We're currently sitting here being like, are we going to finish you before we break for summer and FanFest and all that stuff? I mean, that'd be great. Uh, You know, that'd be great. I'd love to just kind of plow through that thing, but we shall see. But yeah, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting little article posted over on IGN. At least, you know, that's the source I found for it, where the creators are talking about, like we've been in development for a very long time and whoops, 2023 is apparently a banger year. So we had to maneuver a little bit. Development cycles are just getting longer and longer. It's, it's hard to plan. It's like a dentist appointment. They're hard to plan. They schedule you six months out and expect you to remember. My, my dentist texts me. Mine, mine reminds me three days before, but oh, yes, yes, six so months ago, that's time. not very helpful. It's like, well, yes. shit, now I got, I have the things are on my calendar now. So, yeah. Hi, we're adults, everybody. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for it. I am curious how the D&D system is going to feel. I've seen gameplay of it. I haven't been interested in playing it because it goes it goes kind of hard. Like you, you you watch that initial cinematic. You are in the belly of the beast. It's kind of modern in that way. Like, you know, you don't start in the little hamlet and kind of make your way, you know, go visit the princess kind of thing. It's more like, no, escape from the castle. Go. Act one is action packed and very linear in that way to teach you the game. So I've still been avoiding it in that way. I don't want to have to replay that when it comes out. Mm, mm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about some Twitch news, Kyle. 
Okay. Mostly because I have a hypothetical question for you. I'm, I'm, I'm showing my hand right now. But, uh, and it's not about the, the platform itself. Um, I don't think they've done anything that have made people angry in the last 24 hours, but there's still no, time. That one took me a while last week. I, I had to do archaeology. It was like Friday night too, where I was like, okay, I have a moment. What the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, dude, Twitch is making some decisions. But no, this is about a streamer. Uh, did you hear about the, the Fortnite streamer who shaved his head for $2,500 and then $2,500 was taken away by the person that donated it apparently this person is a serial refunder too they go around to different yes, streams the, doing this. this goes deep so this is a fortnite streamer by the name of Lacey, uh one of the fastest growing fortnite streamers currently on twitch.tv and dude was doing a subathon i think the subathon is still happening actually as a matter of fact um but uh, someone someone uh, chipped in enough bits that equates to roughly $2,500. Uh, for some reason, this came up that the streamer would shave their head for that amount, and it happened. Then they end up shaving their head, and the person who, who donated it uh, uh, requested a refund. And so, yeah, uh, and uh, Lacey is, I think, uh, rightfully bummed out about this fact because uh, it seems like he, he was rather fond of his hair, as many of us are. Uh, here at Grinding Gear, at least. <laughs> and Eyebrows and all, too. Like, it took it all out. Went for it. Properly went for it. Uh, whew. Oh, boy. Um, so, I mentioned this, first of all. That ain't cool. Don't do that. <laughs> Just, yeah, don't not, do that. Not a good move, obviously. Not a cool move. Not a cool move. Uh, uh, mysterious uh, do- uh, donator that yeah. takes it away. Yeah, not benefactor. <laughs> Uh, the mysterious takeawayer. Um, but, uh, it really, uh, I saw this, I was like, Oh, that's terrible. Um, uh, first off, shout out to our audience. Cause none of y'all have ever done anything like this to us. Um, but also Kyle, I'm just curious how much would it cost for you to shave your head? Um, I mean, your hair is relatively short right now. It wouldn't take that long to get back to that length. No. Yeah. There's, uh, I don't know, man. I was disturbed at an early age by the episode of Seinfeld where the swimmer shaves his head and finds out that he's bald underneath it all. Wait. And my dad my uh, dad is as bald as they come. You're always bald when you shave your head. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, like that his hairline did not exist as the hair was portrayed above it. So oh. he, he made a a dastardly discovery. And there's been quite a few streamers, apparently who have made discoveries about like headphone. Oh dude. Yeah. No, I read the last one of those that popped up the article that wearing headphones for too long actually starts to shape your skull. Yeah. Uh, Cause that, that was a few months ago. One of the streamers has a, a goal shaved their head and yeah, found out that they have an indentation on their skull that matches where their headphones rest. Um, which is, uh, I guess why I'm happy. I use the little newscaster diode. I how have, I have, however, gotten an ear infection and I've never had an ear infection in my whole life. And I think it's because of this diode. <laughs> so, you know, you pick your poison if you're, yeah. if you're entertaining for hours on end. I mean, yeah, I, I edit with, um, audio technica headphones on some monitor headphones mm. that go across my head, but I don't, I don't live and breathe in them. And I certainly, I don't like headsets. I also, yeah, I'm used to having a mic in my face. So I, don't I, really want I haven't had one forever, but if I'm like flying, I do prefer, prefer overhead, like over sure. the ear, even though I don't currently have one. Cause uh, we had so many sponsors for so long on the podcast for earbuds that I've got so many wonderful free wireless earbuds. 
and now I'm spoiled by wireless and I don't have a over the ear set of wireless. So I just, I just, that's what I use. But, um, uh, I do personally prefer over the ear for that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I was just, I was just curious. I was like, Kyle, Kyle, what would it take? What would it take? What would you just, you know, cause for me, I think it'd be roughly double that, but even more. Cause I would want, I would, I would want something for my trouble, but I would also want a ton to donate to like locks of love or something. Cause I've looked into it and they won't take my hair cause there's too much gray in it. Oh, locks of love won't do. They, they don't want it. If you're, if it, I, I believe they don't want it, if it's died or if there's some gray in it and mine is both. Wait, so uh, is Locks of Love like exclusively for kids? They don't want kids with gray hair, so they don't get anime powers? I don't, I the, don't know. I don't know. What's the issue? I don't know. What's the issue with the, I, I, I didn't, guess it is. I don't ask why. I was just like, oh, if I ever did want to cut it off, I can't, I can't donate it. So. Is it like chemical? Did something die in there? Is that why things turn gray? Is because like your body no longer produces the thing and it's shutting off the unessentials because you're getting older. So like it wouldn't be a good way. You can ask these questions. I cannot answer them. Okay. I have questions. <laughs> I have more questions. That's interesting. But my point being is I would probably need to double this just for me to make myself feel better because I don't want to shave my head. But I'd also yeah, want to direct goal. I, I would, mind, yeah, right? I would want to donate a bunch to like a good cause. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that like that eases the blow of the outrageousness, too, because if you're doing something to yourself for money, it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> but if you're doing it for someone else. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I got bills like, to pay. I'll- I know, but it's like the dunk pool, you know, with the throwing the ball and the, the guy's pissing you off. So you throw the ball at the fair. Mm. Like it, it, you know, it just feels better when that guy's pissing you off for a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Are you, are you not a fan of roasts, Kyle? Do you not do you not like a good I, roast? No, I don't. I don't like a good roast. I don't. Uh, I don't enjoy a good celebrity roast. I do enjoy those weird wired things that are coming up a lot recently, where they pull off the little tabs and you know do the Google autofill. I enjoy those. That's I've got roast. I guess it's, I guess some of the questions are a bit roasty. Yeah, because they're kind of like it's it's fun. Um, honestly, the Willem Dafoe one was the best. That man is so freaking joyous, and uh, the Cage one was a little over serious. You know, but he's an actor now. Nicholas Cage is he's gone from the fun to the actoring a bit. Still like him, but a little actory in that way. Mm, but yeah, gotcha. it's a it's an int- like overall, it's an interesting issue. Refunds, all that sort of thing. The streaming market, the is the moral question of is Amazon worse than gambling? Like all this ongoing streaming rivalry and conversation is very interesting. And then you have like simple issues like this. We're like, well, that shouldn't happen. But also how much would it take me to shave my head? Yeah. You didn't I answer. You didn't answer. Kyle. I, 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 well, yeah, I, like I said, I need a goal. I need, I need a goal in mind. Mm, okay. So, okay. I think, I, I think what I would do is I Kyle would do it for a nice OLED TV. Cause final fantasy 16 looks so nice on it. I, I don't know. <laughs> If that's true, but <laughs> it looks I am, so good, dude. It looks I am so like, good. Yeah, I've I've entered can't go back territory on my uh fourteen uh, forty. Like I, I'm just, bull. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got a TV that I carry out to the living room when I want to like set up fort. You know, maybe the kids ah, go to bed early or okay. something, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna set it up in the living room. I'm gonna go, but it's an older like it's probably like 2012 TV and. Mm. And it is like it's fine for Bloodborne, but it is not gracing the presence of 
ah, prettier games than that. Uh, wonderful Midnight Miko in our chat room has uh, gone digging into the Locks of Love FAQ and found that they do oh. accept donations of gray hair, but because they only provide hair pieces to children, they don't actually use them, but they sell it uh, to offset their mag- manufacturing costs. Oh, okay. Okay, so they still accept. Okay, they cool. Do not ex- they cannot use bleached hair uh, because it causes the hair to degrade uh, when it goes through their manufacturing process. Yes. Well, also it does damage the hair itself, which is why the vitamins fly into the hair yep. in the commercials. Yep. Yep. Which is why when I noticed I started getting widow's peaks, I stopped bleaching my whole damn head. Mm. Uh, Cause it probably wasn't helping. No, yeah. no it's harsh. It's yeah. a harsh thing to do. Yep. So if you're a fan of us uh, before grinding gear and you're like, what I miss, uh, I miss MCR Garrett. That's why, that's why uh, black parade Garrett don't exist no more. It also got kind of like Markiplier-y. Like, I really like Markiplier. I think he makes genius content. I think he's a very entertaining man. But he did set a time period with that red bit of hair that I think you can't go back to. It was just too popular. I don't know him well enough. I I don't watch Mark Mark. Nothing nothing against Markiplier. Just uh, hasn't has the algorithm hasn't graced me with his stuff. I love horror games. Uh, I love not playing bad ones. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> there's a lot of really bad horror games, but I'm very curious about them. So Markiplier is a good follow for me. I consume very little gaming content um, in my life. Uh, I listen to Next Lander podcast, and that's that's more or less it. And Giant Bomb. I, I feel bad for those guys because the, the crew changed, and a lot of people, anytime I mention Giant Bomb, there's always someone who's like, ah, it's not good anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's so hard to go through a crew change. I really feel for him, and I, I think the new crew has found their stride. So, but that's it. That's pretty much the only gaming content I consume. So, uh, anyway, let's get into the gaming content we consume, Kyle. Ah, it's time for What's Your Final Fantasy, and this week it's Final Fantasy 16. You want 14? Tune in tonight. We're getting back to the MSQ on our live stream. Uh, tonight being, if you're listening to this shortly after it posted or you're watching it live. <laughs> the you caveats can, continue. You can listen to a podcast whenever you want. But yeah, uh, Kyle, you and I have been streaming Final Fantasy 16, more of it than we thought. Um, it's twofold. We're really into it. And also our audience seems to be really into it. It's a good so, medium. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we always do a gut check on these sort of things. You know, we whenever you see a stream something that ain't Final Fantasy 14, the question is like, hey, did, did people enjoy it? Did people come out? Is it sustainable? The answer is yes at least for now with final fantasy 16. So a uh, matter of fact, I believe you and I are flirting with doing a uh, not so surprise final fantasy 16 stream tomorrow, Friday, uh, June 30th. As a matter of fact, yeah, got some stuff out of the way. Make some time for it. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. We're really, we're really enjoying it. Uh, and also with our streaming schedule, there's no expectation for it to happen on Thursdays. So we can just kind of rip it whenever. Yeah. Thursdays save for the things people want notice for. Mm-hmm. That's that's in case you're wondering how we do things around here. So we've gotten a decent amount into Final Fantasy 16. We will keep this story spoiler free, uh, but we'll definitely uh, talk about some mechanics and our impressions on how the game is affecting us. Um, I believe I said on stream, Kyle, I'm going to for our audio listeners, I'm going to verbally describe a visual gag. <laughs> I said this on stream and I mean it. And I, I think I feel this even more the deeper I get into final fantasy 16. Uh, there, there was a point while we were playing where I said, this is like that scene from Ratatouille where the food critic takes a bite and he is transported back to being a child. Mm, And I had a moment like that where we were in a combat sequence 
And as someone who has not picked up a Devil May Cry game since three, it was like a sense memory. I was I was just zapped back to being an edgelord 16-year-old thinking Dante is the coolest character I'd ever laid eyes upon. Mm. Mm. I, I feel really, it. Re- this game is really landing for me. For me, it's uh, God of War. I did play Devil May Cry 5. I love the slapstick, ridiculous comedy of it. That's very much my yeah. naked gun kind of jam in that regard. Mm. And a great game. Go enjoy it. Uh, but this is this is more in that God of War realm. But my shtick on stream was it's kind of like having a new job. I really <laughs> want to be two weeks into it so I can enjoy it already. <laughs> and some uh. and it's and that is like my there's many nitpicks you can make about the gameplay of it. I've heard a lot of conversation about the RPG mechanics being too light. Uh, even, you know, articles are being written today that God of War is more RPG than Final Fantasy. How can this be in, you know, 2018 God uh, of War and all that? Uh, RPG, RPG to people often means RPG to players. I'm trying to avoid saying people. You know, we're in an age of people. But people are mad. No, no, no. no. We're, R- there's always going to be someone fans. who nitpicks RPG something fans. we say. We're speaking generally. We're always speaking generally. We're oh, trying no, no, to I'm, have a human conversation. Yeah, I'm not t- I'm not talking to the, the, the nitpicker. I'm talking to the person who's trying to understand what I'm saying, uh, you know, with, with full love in their heart and understanding. So RPG fans enjoy when loot affects your build, like Diablo does, and not so much God of War, because I think that was more of like a flat stat increase, but certainly in something like Diablo, Divinity, KOTORs, whatever, I enjoy this kind of element of you find a chess piece and it has these decent stats, but also increases windy damage by 10%. You go, oh, well, I might I might just like go down a wind bill. This is going to be cool. I'm going to do a whole, I'm going to really invest. And none of the loot in Final Fantasy 16 really informs a build. You have necklaces that give percent bonuses to certain spells but but that's what you just described but it's not it's not multi-layered right like it's multi-layered in diablo when you get a five percent bonus to phoenix wrath and also two levels unlocked in bear form and you're like wow what a bizarre combination generated by the computer can i like make this build work and that, that's a conversation. That's not where I'm really butting heads with the game. I think it's perfectly fine that the RPG aspect is very straight line, very simple. For me, it's just that I'm not getting to enjoy my skills as much as I am in a God of War, which is why I'm looking forward to my New Game Plus playthrough so much. In God of War, you really got to intimately, I'm talking about old God of War now, a uh, new one had like four enemy types, so I guess this is true. But there were these enemy types like you'd find the dog. And if you didn't kill the dog fast enough, it would have babies and maybe grow heads and become worse and worse and worse. And that meant that you kind of had this tactical development. You're like, oh, damn, I got to kill the dog first. But then they put in an Anubis dude and he's a real bastard, too. So you're like, oh, man, which of these bastards do I have to take out first? Like, this is a really interesting puzzle. Final Fantasy 16 has so many enemy types that you never actually feel good at the game and your skills just learning how to battle one construct to another B. You just go, this is completely different. I, I'm going to always suck at this game. And that is like that is my which is why I like the more curated move set in it. 
And there's still mm-hmm. options, but like the way the icons work, right? You can have what three icons at a time. I we're not deep enough to know. We haven't gotten to the third icon power, for example. At least our first sure. icon. I think there's more than three icons, so I think you have to choose what three you go into battle with potentially. I don't know. I'm pretty spoiler free on this game. Um anywho. Uh, and, and within that, you only have two abilities uh, that you can customize. A circle is always like chosen for you. Like for one, it's a dash and others a grab, so on and so forth. I know what it is for one of the icons because I played the iconic challenge. You don't yet, Kyle, because you didn't. Um, but I like that it's stripped down because of that, because there there is so much enemy variation. Um, and also in like a really weird way, it, that, that reminds me of, I wasn't a big turn-based RPG player growing up. Like, the big one I was into was Pokemon, but it reminds me of that because I know exactly what move I'm hitting because it's right there represented in the UI with the, uh, you know, holding down the, the trigger system to activate your iconic abilities. I can see what abilities are there. I can see if they're on cooldown or if they're not, if they're ready, if I can do it. Whereas in God of war, there's so much, I think ability bloat that I just fucking forget what I have. And don't use it and play the game the same way from the beginning to end because there's so much stuff in it and it's not, not all of it is represented in a always on screen way. And if it did, it would kind of be a visual nightmare anyway. So that's not, I'm not really knocking it there, but there's so much of it that I don't use, I think 75% of what is in that game. Yeah. And, I, and don't get me started on the gear system God of War because I think it's bolted on and needlessly complicated. In a, yes, for there's not no much need. Return. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And God of War didn't give me that sense of discovery. Let me change up my build like I was mentoning with uh, more traditional top-down RPGs. Yeah. So yeah. I like both games quite a bit, uh, especially the first uh, new God of War. I, I have critiques about Ragnarok. Uh, but 2018 God of War, I think is a phenomenal game that I love so much. And one of the own, one of the newest games I've played more than once. Like I don't replay games a lot now as an adult, I have replayed God of War 2018. I love it that much. Uh, but I still like, feel like the systems are like, I didn't need this. Kratos is Kratos. And I just want Kratos to be Kratos and do Kratos things. I don't, I don't need to customize this character. And so it, like, if we are pitting those two systems against each other, I think I prefer final fantasy 16s. Well, and I played through God of War 2018 for the story once. Like there was nothing necessarily about that combat where I was like, I got to do this on the hardest difficulty. I want to master this game. I want to master Final Fantasy 16. Like it is, it is scratching to me the God of War original arc of doing it in Titan mode. I just want to see it full blown land every dodge, intimately know everything about my enemy. I feel like uh, when we left off last stream, we unlock some additional abilities. I feel like I've really found a good, just jackassery build that I'm going to really <laughs> enjoy for an extended period of time. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still rocking like the basic abilities for the icons that we have. I haven't tried out the like the things you can spec into otherwise, and I love that respecking is free, so you can just experiment yes. to your heart's content. However, I'm not respecting my heart's content because I'm just kind of enjoying the game as it is. Uh, so it's like. I have a very, if it ain't broke, why, why bother trying to find a new way to fix it mindset in Final Fantasy 16 right now? Well, and that's why I'm happy they didn't do like a Pokemon thing where like you fight fire dudes and you can't use fire against them because it would very much enter that menu Witcher 3 kind of mindset I was in where it's like, oh no, it's a fire guy. Let me trade out. Okay, respec, respec, and then just move all the buttons and activate my oils and my potions. And it, it's a lot more simple than that. So you just, if you find a build you like, you can just keep going. 
it's good. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I'll, I'm so that's on the gameplay side of things. Uh, how are you enjoying the story so far without oh, specific good. spoilers? Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, how do you? Uh, <laughs> it is mature in more ways than theme, and as someone who has left my angsty years, I find the character fascinating. And anybody who says, Ugh, Edgelord, I'm not playing that is entirely missing the point and the journey that the character it's, is it's on. It's Edgelord style with character substance. And that's not the Clive is not an Edgelord. Like he is. He is. He isn't. But, but, but it's the journey of see, this is where there's that's where we're in the conversation for the sake of spoiler, but you didn't play far enough if that's your your take or you're watching from the outside and you become pre-angry and you're projecting I, 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 onto I the mean, game. Within, within the demo itself, for what I think you're calling edgelordiness, the, just in the demo alone, you're given plenty of reasons why he is that way. Like to me, edgelord is just like edgy for edge's sake. Like Cl- Clive is a, a shaped character within the first hour of the game. Yeah. You understand his motivations. You understand why he's going out on the quest that he's going out on. Uh, and very, very quickly, uh, I feel like he he gets his shit together uh, emotionally. Like, I, I really like it. I I, I put out a, a, what I'm calling my Clive appreciation tweet uh, a couple days ago because, like, I was just I was thinking about the I, I noticed I was thinking about the character uh, outside of the game, which is something that hasn't happened to me since, I don't know, probably the last time I played a Naughty Dog game. Um. That's not true. This happened quite a few times before fourteen, especially when we got to the end of five zero. Anyway, I digress. I just I just wanted to sing some praises because it's 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 really. Uh, I think Clive is a major reason why the game is landing so well for me because, like, half of the reason I'm liking this game so much is the gameplay. I really like it. Um, I'm surprised how much I enjoy that it is more linear than I was expecting it to be, which I know may not be everyone's bag, but for me, it's hitting just fine i'm currently also playing an mmo where i can get really distracted and go fart off and do whatever the shit i want so i'm enjoying the more linear nature of this and i love the well, combat I think, without a, I think without a party system too it's just not as interesting to go longer you know like resident evil 7 um, i yeah. don't want that game to be 100 hours it was great at like 25 yeah but we, we we've been like slight mechanical spoilers if you're that type of individual, but like we know that you can get some cool shit from side quests. We haven't gotten to that point in the game, but there there are reasons to go do side activities. Sure, I'm I'm more saying that in a traditional uh, Octopath Traveler, Final Fantasy X it would be my experience kind of way when you find the field. The field, you know, it's just it's full of enemies, and it's like going to be your grind zone. There is a part of me that's like, well, what if I got like Waka in here and like Lulu? And what if I mix the bikini lady? I don't remember her name in there. And like, what? Riku? Uh, How dare you? These, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I wanted to kiss and link. I wanted to kiss and link. I didn't. I, I, I mean, I was more of uh, I was more a Lulu fan. But then because I grew up in Florida, everyone I dated in high school was like a total beach girl. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I see I how you get there. Yes, uh, not enough skiing representation. That's what I did in New Mexico. I skied a lot. And there was, there was a lot of, what, 1080 snowboarding? On the uh, sand? 
Yeah. No, no, there was mountains. You were, oh, okay. you were like 5,000 okay. elevations. So even in the desert, it snows in the winter and the mountains are that much higher. Above, I usually so. go to Las Cruces yeah. when I'm in New Mexico and it's very, very vertical Rocky Mountains. There's no skiing, skiing up there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all oh, the skiing, skiing the Rockies. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, but, oh, yes, yes. yes. So, so like the, the bigger, a, a bigger RPG experience is not what I would want out of this with uh, the length of the combat scenarios, which is pretty long. Like uh, there's very few instances outside the opening of the game where I really didn't know how to play where you just walk in the room. It's like enemies and you just instantly super school them. No, like every fight is kind of like a you, 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 ooh, big guy. Okay. They oh, vary, rain. right? They really yeah. vary. We we got into our longest gauntlet yet on our stream this past Tuesday where they were just throwing dudes at us. And by the end of it, we were just, we were both stoked. Uh, it's such a weird, what we're doing is such a strange way to stream this game, but I really, really like it because it's really fun to feed off of your energy. Like when you start getting hyped, I start getting hyped and I think, it, I think it goes the other way too. Like, I think we just start getting excited about the action we're taking part in. And mm. it's so different from Final Fantasy 14. And yet actually, actually, you know what it's really similar to our extreme nights. When we go into extremes uh, on the hardest difficulty that Final Fantasy 14 will let you do. And we do them blind without like looking up a strategy. And we're just like, oh my God, did you see that? But we're, we're more getting excited about how horribly we're dying on extreme night. Whereas in our 16 duo play, we're getting excited about how much we're kicking people's asses. Yeah. It's also got some just shot from shot, shot for shot, anime movie tropes that just are my jam. I grew up with. Oh God. Yeah. So, so stumbling your way through that and getting to see them, geek out with you i struggle to think of a game that geeked out this hard in a long time uh yeah yeah yes yes and i, I thought and again me, I, like I, I don't i thought it was gonna be ragnarok and ragnarok didn't really land for me i think god of war 2018 had you know the good stuff the mm-hmm. you know buff guy grabbing someone's head and running them through a wall kind of business i agree Catching, you know, dragon teeth and oh, you know, doing the mouth thing. Like, how how many times have we seen the mouth thing where the dude's in the mouth, but you open the mouth because you're buff? And personally, I just find buff guys hilarious. That's why I want to be one. <laughs> so it's, it's very easy for me to have a good time. As uh, as we are all finding out about Clive's shirt situation, many people are having a good time with that. <laughs> Dude has a great chest. What can we? Yeah, say? it's a good chest. What can we? Good say? chest. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's a really good game. I'm really enjoying it. I think if you're looking for um, a story heaven, uh, story heavy action based combat game, like go for. It. If you like the story trappings of Final Fantasy, or you like the story trappings of Game of Thrones, and Lord help you if you like both, this is going to be your shit. It's a wonderful time. There's so much variety in what we're playing like, right I, now. Again, I, I feel like, again, this, I'm kind of, I, I think I mentioned this on stream somewhere. I feel like this was custom made just for me. Like, I love prestige television. I'm just now getting into Final Fantasy. And very specifically, I'm getting into it with 14. And this is the same damn team. And they're taking their, their, the way that they do Final Fantasy and wrapping it in a prestige television Game of Thrones shell and just firing it at my face, and I love it. I'm really into these characters. I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm, I'm excited to see more of the story. Uh, uh, 
Watch our stream on YouTube, everybody. <laughs> we'll and be, the British works. It really does. It, the voice it regionalizes it. Yeah. And it allows the F-bombs and everything else to be metered, understandable. You know, I'm still making my way through uh, Castlevania, which is actually what prompted the uh, beginning quote there. That was from South Park, by the way. Uh, that was, I'm a British person. I think Matthew McDowell, is that his name? Uh, he, he, he's, the, he's the clockwork orange guy. You know, went on to do lots of things oh uh, oh yeah i always get him confused with someone else but i know who you're talking about that's not that's is that clockwork orange yes that's the clockwork he's a lot younger of course oh malcolm mcdowell malcolm mcdowell yeah malcolm i confuse Mc, him oh my god i didn't know that was malcolm mcdowell he is he is so striking in, in his in his older age like he has a yes. completely unforgettable face he carried the last part of fallout 3 really hard and did an awesome job really awesome job so i i love tons of stuff that guy does uh i do confuse him with john hurt often <laughs> which is a shame yeah there's someone else i used to get confused with and i i'm i'm coming up blank now but maybe it was john hurt i miss john hurt john, man john hurt is john, oh john dude. hurt was one of my favorites i mean john hurt there's so much to love uh i think my favorite thing might be the storyteller the jim henson uh mythological tales they put together the oh yeah I, i've i've been told many times to watch it i never i didn't grow up watching storyteller it's good now if you enjoy puppetry if you i know you're not a big like dark crystal fan so i don't know I, it's not that i'm not a fan it's just that i didn't grow up with it and i haven't seen it <laughs> so yeah. i tried jumping into the netflix show and i was really lost so it was yes yeah that well had digital tongues that was neat the digital tongue work was neat. Sure, why why not? Uh, John, John, I'll tell you what. Uh, John, welcome to the John Hurt podcast, everybody. For the next ten minutes, um, you know what he's really good in. Uh, did you see the? F I think it was the fiftieth anniversary Doctor Who special. Okay, I yeah. Did absolutely. you did you see that? I saw clips of it. Okay, he was perfectly cast because they got. Uh, so Matt Smith was still the Doctor at the time, and they got David Tennant to come back, and they were doing like uh, the Doctor runs into himself from different time periods. And Christopher Eccleston refused to return. So they were like, you know what? <laughs> Screw you, Eccleston. We're, we got a, a special doctor no one knew about that existed in between you and the last guy. And that's John Hurt. Wow. And he was perfectly cast for that role. Absolutely perfectly cast. Uh, even I though, believe it. Even though I, I like low-key love Eccleston. And the, my biggest disappointment about the 50th was that he wasn't a part of it. But, you know, you can't force people to be a part of something they don't want to be a part of. So... Anyway, you should watch it. It's 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 fan servicey as hell, but it's just it just it is such a feels good single episode of Doctor Who. Sure, yeah, sure, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. He's yeah, well cast in it. It's a the 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 storyteller. They did a Greek version. It's not as tight because they used the new Dumbledore. Um, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Oh yeah, I, I'm sorry, I forget his name. He's got it, a great voice. He was it, like, he's all over the beginning of Elder Scrolls Online. If you ever played that, it's not his fault. I feel like uh, you know people could have tell, told him just don't yell so damn much in, in the <laughs> Harry Potter movies. Like if, if the direction was yeah. better, because I think he is a good actor. Uh, you know, he just. It, it's hard to stand up to uh, shoot. What was the actor's name of those OG? Dumbledore? I, I want to say Rick, R R Rick Moranis. That's not no, the right that name. Is, that uh, is not Rick, it. Ricky. He was Rick, in uh, Richard he? Harris. Richard, Richard Harris. Harris. Yeah. Cause he was in was the remake of Count of Monte Cristo, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yes, he was the crazy guy who came out the hole. I love yes. him in that role. Yes, that is a that is a underrated remake in my opinion. I love the 2002 Count of Monte Cristo. Um, and Richard Harris is amazing in that. But yeah, it's 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 hard. No one can compete with Richard Harris. Richard Richard no. Harris rules. In another no, I mean, world, there's yeah. an alternate universe where Richard Harris was Gandalf and it was awesome. And that's not a, I love I love Ian McKellen. No, obviously. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love Ian McKellen, but I would, I would watch the living shit out of Richard Harris uh, as any wizard, any wizard at all. Who was the guy in now? Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm on my, our old man journey here. Mm. Okay. Sid, by the Wait. way, by the way, final fantasy 16, Sid best character ever in final fantasy says the guy who's only played like uh, two and a half final fantasy. Dude. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh my God. The, the sadness, the parallel to Diablo four and his joyless performance, not his fault. They went for a world in Diablo that was going to be bleak, but I think final fantasy 16 is pretty bleak and it is. the voice actors nailing it. He's doing such a good job. He's such a breath of, for those that leadership. don't know, Lorath yeah. in Diablo 4 and Sid in Final Fantasy 16 share the same voice actor. Um, but like I think it, it makes sense. Lorath is 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 a completely different type of character, and I think it's it speaks to the range of this actor's capabilities. Uh because because Lorath in D4 is is very downtrodden. And while Sid in 16 has ha- has seen a lot of sadness and whatnot, like he's a completely different type of person with a different type of personality, and he seems to kind of revel in <laughs> his own misfortune uh, in a way that's really fun. And he, he's, he's, he brings a, like a swashbuckling bravado to everything in his performance of Sid in final fantasy 16 that I just absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. Nails it. Yeah. Nails it. Yeah. Now, now I'm uh, lost in uh, voice actors for civilization five. Cause I'm trying to figure out who the narrator for that was. Mm. Cause I love that voice. Well, you and now I'm distracted because uh, George Washington's voice actor is a very handsome man. <laughs> well, you won't have to it wonder who me. the narrator of your questions are, because it'll be me when I open up this mailbag. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. You can post in the Ask the Host channel in our Discord to drop questions in for the show. Um, at the moment, it is uh, inundated with AMA questions uh, for that special that we'll be doing. We probably got too many for a single video, Kyle. We need to have a talk about how to handle that. Well, yeah, but you know, if it's AMA, it's got to be a little, it's got to be a little juicy. A little juicy. Be a little, little, a little scandalous. Kyle, anytime you and I sit in front of a microphone, it goes on longer than we expected. Well, yes. I'm just. Uh, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yes. Anyway, send your questions there. It's uh, it's our in our members only channel, which you get access to if you support us on YouTube membership or Patreon. Both work. Both give you access. Thank you for supporting everybody. Rika wrote in and said, "Hey, if you had to take uh, uh, or audit a college course." but you didn't have to worry about paying for it or meeting prerequisites. What would the subject be? The prerequisites part is the hard part because, uh, you know, diving in the deep end would be very hard. Uh, I, I, I would do, uh, like planetary science, like not like astrophysics. Cause I'm not the best at math. I think, you know, if I really dedicated mm. myself, I could recover a bit, but Man, I'd love to do something with space and maybe just for YouTube. Like I found this surgeon who uh, on YouTube, it was recommended to me. I'm like, okay, I'll click it. And it was like, hi, I'm a surgeon. I'm going to debate the reality of surgery in all these movies, you know. And the guy posts so often that I don't think he actually does surgery anymore. So he's not, you know, he's not a surgeon anymore. He was a surgeon and now he's a YouTuber. 
how great would it be if I could just walk around saying, as an astrophysicist, I have this opinion about Final Fantasy XIV's lore. <laughs> okay. I, just, I, I want that sure. little, I just, I need that little accolade, right? Like everyone gets so excited. Oh, they were once a biomechanical engineer. That's why they're so good. It's like, as someone who studied theater, like, well, of course you perform. Nobody's impressed. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm theatrically trained. Kyle wants Don't to take a course just so we can make YouTube videos that says astrophysicist reacts to astrologian lore. Yes. Yes, it'd be valuable. <laughs> I've got I've got a business mind, and the tie-in is perfect. Ah, uh, there's so many things I would take just for the fun of it. Uh, as someone who has somehow found themselves doing way more videography uh, than what he went to school for, um, I would love to just take an actual damn, you know, film course like a college film course, like creating actually shooting film. Because uh, I have zero traditional education in film. Uh, but boy, howdy, I have acquired a lot of camera gear and I do a lot of video work <laughs> for clients. Let me tell you. I literally yeah, started because I had a graphic design client and they were like, hey, you do podcasts and shit, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you you ever, you like, you shoot interviews and stuff? I'm like, yeah, yeah, bliss kind of stuff. They're like, do you think you could do one for us? I'm like, I mean, maybe. Do you have an example of what you already like stuff you've done in the past. And they sent me an example. And it was the most God awful video I've ever seen in my life. And I was just like, listen, I'm not a videographer, but I know I can do better than this. So yeah, I'm YouTube happy to help, help me out through here. this. Yeah. 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 Like I know I can do better than this. Um, so, and, and it just, and, and they were really happy. So they kept giving me work and eventually I built up a body of work, a video and I added it to my portfolio and then I started getting more work and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I would love to take a traditional film course. I would absolutely love it. Um, also selfishly, I would love like very specifically to take like an old school film course. I would love to shoot something on actual freaking film. I'm obsessed with the look of movies that were shot on film. I'm mm. absolutely obsessed with it. Um, it's the, uh, nothing looks that way. Nothing freaking looks that way. Yeah, that's an interesting track. And of course my mind's already a little in the AMA. We got the question a lot. What would you do if you weren't doing this, which is a weird alternate reality because what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing this is based on all the knowledge I've gathered doing this. Right. Uh, I, that's not how I think about the question. I, I, I think yeah? about, I think about what I thought I was going to be doing now or what I would have liked to be doing now. Like there, there's a part of me and, uh, uh, that like, uh, of, I don't think I ever told you about this, Kyle, years ago, preview by AMA. We'll, we'll get on this years and years and years ago when I started getting into cocktails. I almost went and got a bartender job. That's how into it I got. I was like, what if I just, what if I felt, cause you always see it where they just want people a few nights a week. And I was like, what if I just like worked a couple of nights a week as a bartender? Cause I was that interested in it. Uh, I wanted to see if I could hang. <laughs> like, if I, like, um, but like I could, I could see myself doing that. Uh, also, also like I, you know, I love going to the Florida Keys and we particularly like Key West and that's a big bar town. And we spent a lot of our time in Key West in bars and like, there's a little, there's a little part of me that's like, if I sold everything I owned, could I afford a tiny place in Key West? And then I just, you know, live a simple life as a, <laughs> as a bartender. I have romantic aspirations of disappearing to some, some bar corner in the Florida Keys. I'm, it's tempting, you know, just, just leave it all behind. Wonder, mm -hmm. not really wonder because you're going to settle down, but you know, go anonymous, right? Get mm -hmm. re-enter the world completely anonymous. It has its 
It has its uh, accolades for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, beyond that, I'm, I'm probably probably just keep doing graphic design. It's what I was doing before I was making content full time. So, yeah, my path is is kind of interesting in that way. It was podcasting, and then I did solo podcasted, which need to be edited because the energy is not as strong. And so I was editing audio a lot, and then I got picked up by the CCL to make strategy videos for their YouTube, and that was the the video editing into YouTube here. Yeah, that's been a it's been an interesting track. I'm I'm, of course, I joke about like wanting this accolade so I can do the YouTube title. But I'm also just I'm so proud. I've, I'm overcome with myself sometimes. I know that might be egotistical, but um, I, as far as I know, I'm the only person in my theater degree graduation class that is doing the degree as a job, like doing anything where it is public performance, performance. Some, some way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's that's rad, man. I mean, you celebrate your W's. Yeah, uh, you should. You should. I'll give you another one. Uh, you know, save this for a rainy day. You have become a hell of an editor in the last year. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kyle went from not knowing how to open Premiere <laughs> to <laughs> like doing five day long edits on one hour opuses uh, regarding Final Fantasy 14 lore. So they're huge. They're huge projects. Yeah, honestly, they are. Like we're getting better, but like this week, you went eight hours straight on this week's edit. Yeah, on, in one I day. Do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and then I ended, and if you saw the video, you saw the the ten thirty timestamp on yep. when I'm like, "Hang on, I got it, you guys." <laughs> Everyone's in bed, and I'm talking to myself in the office, <laughs> editing in my understanding of Asian lore. Oh shit! Foxhound in chat says uh, Garrett worked on a board game manual. I need to get autographed. Hopefully, it's not a nightmare story. I think you were the one that tweeted me Dice City, which is a board game from AEG, if anyone's familiar with that tabletop company. Uh, no, that was actually a, one of my more pleasant tabletop stories. Dice City was really fun. Uh, they had a really good vision from the get-go with what they wanted it to look like, and the art director didn't change seven oh. times during production, which happened a lot when I was doing tabletop graphic design. Huh. It's almost like that affects the product. I can't think of any product yes. that I've heard of in recent time where yes. uh, changing the leadership is a huge blow to the final review. Yeah, no, Dice City was uh, honestly probably the m- most fun tabletop game I worked on because it was it was smooth sailing and I'm I'm still proud of that card back. That was a cool card back I got to design. That was fun. Good box design too because it was it was a, it was a, a very cutesy art style, um, very illustrative. And it's a it's a game that if you're unaware of it, like revolves around re, like resource gathering as so many games do. But it was it was very specific. I think it was just uh, like stone, metal, wood. And so everything I did looked like it was made out of stone, metal and wood in some fashion. And so it was just it was this simple framework I had to work within. I had a lot of fun working on that one. It was it was I fun. miss I miss arting immensely. I don't have time for it right now in my life, but I I worked I worked really hard there in uh, the pandemic years to develop a Mike Magnola style. And I, I want to get back to that. I really miss I really miss drawing. Me, too. I was the other day. I um, the the show, The Bear. I love how they light their shit and how they frame their shots. And I was like, I want to just do a shit ton of charcoal portraits from the show. Just like studies. Mm. I miss charcoal. It, it was my favorite thing to work in in art school. Um, cause you just, you can so quickly mold that shit, but dude, I haven't picked up a pencil to draw in years at this point. I'm it's, it's kind of sad. 
I did get my primer. I have my primers and stuff. So we're heading down the road of getting the minis all painted. Nice. Um, yeah. So did you try painting without primer and realize that it's a nightmare? No, I just listened to everybody. Oh, like, good. I, I, good. I, I put up my fight. Yeah. It's, it's how I test the universe, you know? <laughs> Oh, I tested the universe this week by saying uh, alliance raids are made up and the lore doesn't matter. <laughs> I visually, I there's visually at least 40 people that there. don't get the joke in our comments oh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are 40 humorless individuals that took that as a personal affront. Apparently. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Fjord Explorer wrote in and said, Hey, on the topic of star Wars, to what degree did you engage with the previous now decanonized extended universe books and comics? And if so, are there any particular characters like Thrawn or notable plot beats you'd hypothetically like future star Wars content to find a way to include? Uh, I basically didn't is my answer to this. I didn't really interact or engage with the old star Wars EU. Did you Kyle? They were hard to read, like, off the shelf. I found a lot of joy in the audiobooks, eventually. Back when I was working uh, data entry in downtown Chicago, I made my way through a lot, a lot of what you would call, like, the Luke Skywalker... What's, 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 what's Luke Skywalker's eventual wife's name? Mara Jade. Mara Jade, yeah. Yeah, not exactly the best written character. <laughs> Honestly, it was, there were parts where you're like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you... It's like when you're reading, you know, Game of Thrones and sometimes you're like, why is grandpa talking about sex again? Like sometimes the author, you're just like, this is a miss, dude. Uh, you're not you're not really <laughs> nailing this character at all. But I, I enjoyed going through those. I really enjoyed the Thrawn uh, books. You know, I, I often think of the the floaty boat scene in the Jurassic Park books and how horrible that would be in a movie and then they put it in Jurassic Park three and it was okay. I love that part of Jurassic Park three. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. But like it, it was better off in that movie rather than the original three is, uh, a, is a bad script. It has some phenomenal set pieces. I still oh, I, think about yeah. the, the Pterodon enclosure to this day. That like, was in the original book too. That was in the original. I, I book know. Too. I actually, yeah. one of the few books I read as a kid, I, I, I didn't like reading, but I read Jurassic Park. Yeah, and the whole like pregnant Leia thing was also like, but there's there's just parts of it. Dude, Leia gets sidelined like, for two entire books in Heir to the yeah. Empire, and her chapters like I actually helped me go to sleep. Um, <laughs> I read Heir to the Empire after Force of the for, the Force Awakens came out. After the Force Awakens came out, and there was all this drama about decanonizing the EU. Uh, I, as part of my now defunct, let's talk about Star Wars podcast was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read the book. Everyone loves or the series that everybody loves. And they're, they're sitting up there. Uh, I love the first book. The first, the first book in heir to the empire, uh, I think is fantastic. I think, uh, I think, uh, what is it? Timothy's on totally understands the characters of Luke Han and Leia and the scenes where they're interacting with each other in that first book to me seem like effortless. Like the, it seems like those characters interacting with each other post return of the Jedi. And then book two and three happens. And I, I just didn't really like it. Like it, it, it kind of, I feel makes the same mistakes that the sequel trilogy does and scatters the trios to the winds and doesn't have them interacting with each other all that much. Um, and I think I, they're I on just, the same plot in that regard. Like they're all sort of working for the same goal. I 
Yeah, but like in dull ways, in my opinion. Like again, yeah. I, there's just like hundreds of pages. It seemed like dedicated to Leia being on this uh, lizard people planet, <laughs> and like nothing interesting ever happened in her chapters. And I was like, boy, could the 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 revelation that Leia is a force wielder and you, she's just uh, a pregnant diplomat uh, on a planet was so dull. Mark Thompson is the voice actor who did the audiobooks of those. And he did a really good job. Like it's no Jim, D- I mean, Jim Dale's just insane. Like that's, you know, guy won the award for like 200 unique voices. Like you, mm. that, that man could put together an audiobook. but this was really good too. The guy who read, who was Palpatine's master? That was a badass voice. I need to oh, know oh, uh, 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 Frick. Uh, Plagueis. Uh, Plagueis, yeah. Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yes, and you may not have heard this story. I haven't read Plagueis. I've been told I would like it. Just do the voice. The, his voice is so amazing. Uh, the narrator for that. Mm. I think, amazing. Was Plagueis, de- was Plagueis decanonized? I believe it was before. It was from the before time. I don't know if that came they, out really close to the Disney deal, if I remember. It was about like three years before it. So I've just assumed that it was taken out, but that might not be the case. Yeah. Hmm. And they, they still haven't gotten into Plagueis and New Canon. So like, you know, have fun with it. And they, they, they take a lot of stuff from EU and find ways to incorporate it. Cause Thrawn is now, Thrawn is currently Canon and has been for a long time. Thrawn yes, was it, the main antagonist of the entire rebels animated series. They got, yeah, uh, and they keep flirting with him and like live action stuff. Yeah, It's confirmed. He's going to be in the Ahsoka. Uh, okay. Series because Ahsoka was in Rebels and Th- Th- Thrawn, like spoiler for Rebels, Thrawn doesn't die. <laughs> Thrawn doesn't die at the end of Rebels. So like Thrawn is still out there somewhere to be dealt with. Um, and it's uh, it's Mads Mikkelsen's brother is Thrawn. Um, was it Lars? Is it Lars Mikkelsen? Is the brother's name, I believe. IMDb. Yes, Lars Mikkelsen. Uh, my memory remembered one thing today. Congratulations, me. <laughs> you did it. Um, yeah, so no, we, that's already been confirmed that he's going to show up in the Ahsoka series. So, um, yeah, I I don't know, because I, I don't know. I know, like, I knew Thrawn. Like, even when I wasn't reading EU, there were a lot of, like, I had friends in my class that were obsessed with the Heir to the Empire trilogy and Thrawn, and they would talk, like, they knew I liked Star Wars. They would by like oral record, my friends would sit me down and tell me about all the cool shit happening in the extended universe, which uh, at the time sounded cool. But now, like because of my reaction to the latter books of the original Thrawn trilogy, uh, I don't think I would like it that much. Like a lot of it seems really corny. Like it is. There's a lot of cloning going on. A lot of just bringing yes. back old villains. Like I know eventually they bring they brought back Palpatine and oh, well, who hasn't. Well, yes, it's the same. Like, I will, de- I, I will defend Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I will not defend Rise of Skywalker. That movie is irredeemable. Um, and one of the most boring things they did was just bring back Palpatine. I think the biggest problem with Star Wars books is that they weren't the movies. You know, as a kid, you walk, you're like, you're in the used bookstore, you walk around the corner. And just a whole wall of Star Wars. And you're like, oh, my God, all my dreams have come true. And then you open it up and it's it reads like Wheel of Time. And as a child, <laughs> I was just like, where's the action? Where's the, the romance, the swashbuckling? It, it can get very political really fast, particularly after the prequels. But it's also just 
it's it's written in that sci-fi fantasy way where you know there's a planet of beaver people and you're just like what is well in its in its defense though i think that's also what's like really great about it is it wasn't precious and i think you could maybe make a negative argument that uh, new star wars movies maybe aren't maybe should have been a little more precious but either direction like the the books like it's kind of, there was no governing body that like said no you can't do that in a book they just did it like they made books about whatever the hell they want seemingly without like any oversight uh compared to nowadays even though again you, you then you go watch Rise of Skywalker and, you're, and they're just like oh this is post backstory and you're like mother effer i've read 3 books about post backstory and ain't this shit like and you you sold me these books based on new canon and you didn't even make good on them in your own damn movie uh, so yeah, it's cause I like a lot of the new Canon books. I've read a ton of them. Um, but I really fell off after rise cause rise just like took a big dump on a lot of the new Canon. So we got lots of video games growing up. There were lots of video. I mean, they had one soundtrack, you know, play the song, the, the, do the Hoth level again. Like it, it was repetitive, but there were some good games in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was very much a Star Wars game guy. Like, and then I, I had, I had a weird book. I have it here somewhere. I don't think it's in this room. It's in, it's in the, we have a junk closet. Um, something like a family member gave me for Christmas one year, which was like the star Wars dictionary. And it was basically like a paper Wikipedia for the extended universe. So that's how I interface with the EU. Cause I never read any of the books, but I had, it was, everything was listed in alphabetical order. You look up anything. And that's how I learned about like Anakin getting burned. This was pre prequels. Like, but yes. this, this book had an entry for Anakin and talked about the hor- getting horribly burned in some sort of fire pit. Like it didn't go into, sp- it doesn't mention Mustafar. It doesn't get that specific, but no, I, I, there was an eyewitness book I found in the library growing up where they're like, and he burned in a volcano. I was like, Oh, that's sick. <laughs> that's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like, cause I was obsessed with the idea of Anakin as a kid before the prequels came out. And it was because of this dumb, like star Wars dictionary that I had. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I was, I was, Darth, I was Darth Vader's the only Halloween costume I did more than once. Cause I love Darth Vader so much. Uh, I was like, Oh my God. Imagine if Darth Vader was a good guy. Wouldn't that be cool? And then you're like, Oh my God, Anakin Skywalker. And then he cracked this book open and it's talking about how powerful he was when he was just yeah. running around as a Jedi Knight. And like, I was just obsessed with the idea of Anakin Skywalker. So yeah, it, it got, it, it broke through even though I wasn't reading the books is the tra- point I'm trying to make. What so. was your first big, and a little side question. What was your first big book series that you, you know, your parents were like, finally, they're reading. <laughs> you know, I, like I didn't have one. I didn't read no? as a kid. I hated reading. I absolutely hated reading. Um, Cause. <sighs> you didn't like Redwall or Animorphs okay. or like any. So, uh, goosebumps. I read Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Okay. Goose- I read no, goosebumps. goosebumps counts. I read yeah. Goosebumps. It was rare. I finished them, but I just hated reading. I went to Catholic school and I had to read the Bible. And, uh, I hated every second of it. Um, so it really put me off reading for a long time because it was that plus you still had English class and you still had to do book reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, if I was lucky, it was, uh, you know, part of the, the, the book it program and I got a pizza hut pizza out of it. But, um, yeah, yep. I was really put off reading. I, I didn't get into reading for pleasure until my twenties and it was the hunger games. Okay. I have still to this day never burned through a book faster than the th- the three Hunger Games books. Like I ravenously ate those books up. They were good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember the day I was working uh, security at a bookstore. The day Hunger Games, I think three came out, and there was just a host of people who came into the bookstore. This is Borders before it shut down. Went upstairs, found a seat, 
read in one seating and left. <laughs> Put it back on the shelf and left. I don't know if they knew it was going to be bad or what the heck their plan was, but they were going to power through it and leave without spending a dollar. I guess they bought coffee probably at the little store. So yours, yours was Animorphs? Animorphs would have been like the first, the first one I was like, I gotta, I gotta keep going. This is too good. And my parents were majorly relieved. Chat's asking if we skipped the Harry Potter high. I didn't skip it. It's that I saw the first movie. Then I went to go read the first book and it was basically shot for shot, the exact same thing. And I was like, cool. I don't need to read these. I like the movies. <laughs> I got ahead. I saw the movie and, you know, being a D and D kid by that time, I was like, holy crap. So I went straight to, uh, Chamber of Secrets. Mm. I skipped ahead. And then I went back once I had caught up. I went back and read the first one. Then I did them again. I read Chamber of Secrets 13 times when I counted it out. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they were a dungeon they were, in a wizard school. Like, what? They were huge when we were kids. Yeah. I give it that yeah. Without getting all the shit now, but like. Oh, sure. That's yeah, it was shit now. Impossible a, to escape when we were kids. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah. And like that, that memory. Like, I moderated a Harry Potter role play forum. What? I didn't know that. You I, nerd. I, yeah. <laughs> clearly, obviously. I was Slytherin House, by the way. So, you know, I had extra I, moderation. Listen, I'll get, I'll get in the muck with you. I, w- I participated in a Dragon Ball Z role play forum okay, for a while. There you, go. there you go. Right. It was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. And I, I grew up alongside Harry. Eventually, I outgrew him in the sense I was like, What's your problem, dude? <laughs> Harry was never my favorite character. Like I, I, you and yeah. I get into this a lot. Like I'm almost never into the the main character. Like Leonardo was my least favorite turtle. Cyclops, I think, is the lamest X Man. But uh, it was it was there. It, I crossed that that threshold where suddenly the teachers became more interesting to me. By the time Harry mm-hmm. Potter finished, and by the time we got to all the new stuff with like the magical creatures and all that, I just. Those movies are cared. awful. And well, it just kind of lives in my childhood. You know, mm. it's it's deep behind me. I lived and breathed it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah, it was big. Because we, um, the head of the, so I, I majored illustration at the art school I went to college at. And uh, our department head uh, was married uh, to the very talented illustrator that did all of the U.S. book covers for her for the original run of Harry Potter. Oh, cute! So we used to we used to get to hang out with her like once a year. She'd come in and do a demo uh, of the um, the medium she would use because those were all traditional illustration. Nice. She was uh, super nice. I didn't really. Ha- I got to meet ET because it was my third grade teacher's sister. Was ET what? In particular, that's cool she, as hell. She performed the scene where uh, she got hit by the refrigerator door and was like drinking water. And she you never told me this ever because she was in the suit and there was actually a tube where the water, the drink, the soda went down and it was just water onto her head inside the rubber suit. And she was so hot. It was her favorite bit because all day she got to dump water on herself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't much of a reader. I wasn't much of a reader. And I'm still, as much as I love the uh, Locked Tomb series, I still haven't read the latest <laughs> in the line of the Gideon that's, books. Yes, that's on that's on the list. Uh, uh, Gide- just, Gideon the Ninth, I think, is my favorite book, period. I think awesome. that's just my favorite book. Like, it just, it taps into so much of, of what I find funny, what I find cool, uh, what I find scary. Like, it, 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 it is so my cup of tea. It's so my cup of tea. And, and uh, I'm seeing Dresden Files mentioned in the chat. I need to get back on the Dresden Files. I got I, I tore through like seven of those in order. And then 
uh, I got into video and I don't have as much time to listen to audiobooks now is, is what yeah, happened. Yeah. The audiobooks were good. Did they They're have great. a great, they're great audiobooks. Didn't they have a thing where, no, it, oh, wait, wait, wasn't that read by the Buffy guy? Yeah. Wasn't James Marsters. Right? Yeah. yeah uh, he did awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He is Dresden as far as I am concerned. Yes. Cause there was like two books where he's not him and he came back and yes. And those have been re-recorded here. since those have been okay. re-recorded yeah, cause it's like, so there's so, no, like, and nothing against, cause I listened to the old versions, nothing against the guy they got. He did a good job, but he's not Marsters. So mm. yeah. Yeah, he had the he had the proper energy for that. That was great. Yeah, the, the, the Dresden audiobooks are 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 S tier audiobooks. I didn't get as into them because they're not as stealable for Dungeons and Dragons. That is a very well established gumshoe. It's extremely modern. Plot. It's it's yeah. modern noir. Uh, so you, if you're doing a traditional medieval setting, Dungeons and Dragons, it's hard to. There wasn't much to take from it. Yeah. Like that's literally what makes Dresden special is they're mixing wizarding magic with modern day noir detective story. And so if you're not doing that, it's hard to kind of grip from it for, for your tabletop. But yeah, to Gideon, however, I'm sure stealable for Dungeons and Dragons and you should read it. Yeah, that has that is nothing but uh, 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 one my cake and eating it too, right? Like it is, it's, it's literally the content creator issue of like, oh, I could totally read that, but if I played a video game tonight, if I watch a TV show, that would technically work into work. So let's do that instead. Yeah. Like a, also, while, while we're just while we're just the audiobook podcast for the outro here, <laughs> sh- uh, shout out to the uh, the new canon uh, Ahsoka novel. I don't think there's an old canon one, but it's part of the current canon. Kind of. If you watch that new Tales from the Jedi, they do a whole sequence from it, and it's very different from the books, and it kind of annoyed me. Anyway, shout out to the Ahsoka novel, because they actually got Ahsoka, Ashley Eckstein, to read the audiobook. Oh, cool. It's a fantastic audiobook because of that. So you get to actually listen to Ahsoka read you the Ahsoka book. What a gauntlet that must be. What? Doing an audiobook. Oh, I can only imagine. I just had to do... I've, I've. Talked to, I've mentioned it a few times. I just had to do eight hours of voiceover for a client. Oh my God. That's yeah. that's the longest voiceover I've had to do in a, I broke it up, but like in a setting, that's the most voiceover I've had to, ever had to do for a single project and hot damn. It was a lot. <sighs> Yo, there's always that one word, man, that you just can't yep. get right. Yep. And you get it wrong enough times that you're just like, I will never be able to pronounce this word again. <laughs> oh my God. I did. Uh, yeah, I did medical safety videos out of college and <laughs> buddy, <laughs> some tongue twisters and some run on sentences. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff for colleges uh, like they're, they're like, we need a video for a grant and we need to send this off to the government. And I'm like, OK, here we go. And it's always very dry. Uh, and you're trying to make it sound good about mm-hmm. the out of the so many things polled, 67% saw an improvement in this area when using this intellectual property. And I'm trying to do this and keep emphasis in my voice and stay excited. And, yeah. you know, it's all it's, I, I'm so I'm very thankful for the work, but it's, you know, it's usually pretty dry and uh, it seems simple. But then there's always those words where you just get hung up on. And you're like, cool, this is going to eat up my next half hour. Thanks, my brain, I guess. So anyway, thanks for the questions, everybody. Uh, We're going to have a bonus AMA for you next week to celebrate one year of grinding gear. Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But you know what isn't crazy? 
ending this show because it has to. Mm. Ooh. Kyle was ready. I didn't have to remind him about the music this week. No, you can yeah. tell it's been a year of grinding year. A uh, year of grinding. Hey, you even grabbed the top of the show clip without me prompting you. This too. is the first day we didn't need to remind each other of the two things we do every week. Well done. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Sneaky 16 stream tomorrow, Solomir. Tomorrow. But we want to thank our wonderful patrons for supporting us on Patreon and our YouTube members for the support. You can support everything that Kyle and I make together by going to supportourbromance.com. And if you want merchandise, we've got that too. And we just added new shirts to the store. Check out buyourbromance.com. One goes to the Patreon, one goes to our Spreadshirt shop. So go check it out. And to our recent patron, Drew, thanks for signing up. Thanks, Drew. Muting a weird thing happening because I drank seltzer during this podcast. And also there's a biological. There's a legendary level backers that we thank each and every week. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you, Sean B, Mike R, Stephen J, Das, Sean with an E-A-B, and Cheesy Bob. Really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter. Because it still exists, surprisingly. <laughs> the big sell. <laughs> Kyle is, Kyle is at Kyle Ferguson. I'm at Garrett Art, and we are uh, have a joint account at Garrett and Kyle. Follow us there. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Grinding Gear Podcast. Until our stream tonight, GG. Take care. weekend yes oh yes it's gonna be a good weekend